It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, let's get some analysis on the blister, and we can even show the picture again. Let's bring in. One of our regulars, Ryan Helsley, closer for the St. Louis Cardinals back on FT Live. Ryan, good to see you, man. Have you ever had a blister, by the way? Um, not really. I get it under my like pointer finger or something, like under the nail. Uh, I spike my curveball. I got it more as a starter, not too much in a bullpen because I'm not throwing as many pitches, but I would get like a blood blister under my nail um, from kind of putting pressure on that finger if I threw my curveball a lot like early in the season. Have you seen the Cindergard blister that popped up yesterday for him? No. Uh-huh. All right, we got it for you. Look at that. Goodness. That's about as bad as these guys said, as bad as it looks, <laughs> right? He's missing a it finger. Looks like he took it to a cheese grater. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Looks like you need to get one of those hot needles and poke and pop it and it'll squirt like up to the ceiling like they do when the blood gets under mm. your toenail and they take the needle and so I, I take it, Ryan, you pee on your hands a lot then if you don't have blisters anymore, like Moises and Louis <laughs> yeah. to make sure you don't get the blisters. I don't think I pee on my hands too much. I try not to, at least. <laughs> not too much. <laughs> Listen, pee, hey, peeing takes care of a lot of things. You're in the shower, you got athlete's foot, you're supposed to pee on your feet, pickle juice, I mean, all that kind of jazz. So, you know, as a pitcher, do you have any quirks that you do? Not like that, but before a game, are you superstitious at all? What, what do you, is there anything you like to go to? You listen to music? Not really, man. I mean, most of the time for me, I have still a couple hours until I'm in the game. So I'm still, when the game starts, I'm usually getting ready, doing some rolling out and, you know, kind of prepping to get ready for the, you know, back end of the game. I'm not really too superstitious, though. You don't pound like a like a couple Red Bulls like my boy Tommy Kingley used to do? No, I don't, I don't drink any Red Bulls, actually. I'll drink some coffee early in the day, but I try not to get too high on the caffeine. Nice, nice. Stay back to that. Back to that blister. How, like, if you were, if you were to sit here and go like, okay, you saw where the blister was on his index finger, but on the top, is there ever a pitch where you're like, Hey, you know what? The Cardinals want me to change this and I'm trying to throw a pitch and all of a sudden, Ooh, I'm starting to feel something, you know, maybe elbow or maybe blister. Cause I mean, I'm just shooting completely in the dark and I figure, Hey, you know what? If he's trying, you know, a new pitch, trying to push a little more pressure, on that index finger to get a little bit more sink or a little more run, whatever the Dodgers want. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never seen a blister quite that bad. Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, he was trying a new grip, like you said. That would, that would make sense. Um, I know a lot of guys get blisters early on in spring because, you know, you get down to Florida and you haven't been throwing with the same intensity or as often and you get down there in the heat and start sweating, you know, and the skin can get soft and, you know, that's definitely a possibility. Maybe he did change his grip. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what, what happened. And I wanted to make sure everybody noticed it because the fans, they said, you try not to pee on your hands. So there's two people in the world. There's people who wash their hands before they go to the bathroom <laughs> because they don't want to get anything dirty down there. And there's people who wash their hands afterwards because they can't control what's going on. So which are you? <laughs> Uh, usually after. I don't think I ever really think about washing my hands before. No, I, well, no, now I think about it, okay? <laughs> now oh, no, he's going to think yeah, about it. Go ahead, Crouch, because I have a comment on this one when you're done. Go ahead. No, no, just, no, that's it. Just think about it. No, my just, comment is, 
when you go to the bathroom, I'm not saying the, the number two problem, but when you no. go because you have to take care of other things. But when you have a number one problem, you just go pee. Yeah. You took a shower usually, and you put clothes on, so everything down there should be clean. Yeah. And if you don't pee on your hands, your hands have touched everything, right? So shouldn't you wash there instead of washing your hands after you pee? Because your hands are dirty, you're touching a clean part of your body. Yep. You don't get it. It's okay. Ryan, you understand. I'm lost. Ryan. So when you go when you wake up in the morning, Save you take me. a shower. Okay. <laughs> you take a shower. Let's say let's say you, after the game, you take a shower, you clean your body. Okay? Then you're like, oh man, I have to go pee in the Wrigley Field urinal. Yeah. So you walk over to the urinal, your hands have already touched everything after taking a shower, the towels, the the soap, the the, the, the dispenser, whatever you combed your hair, people have touched the comb. You go over and you Go down and eat pee. You right. Touch your private areas. Right. And then, but your hands are dirty, but your private areas are clean. So shouldn't you have to wash your private areas instead of your hands? Well, or you do what Kratz said and you do the wash before and go. I guess a wash after. I don't know. That's news to me. My, my hands don't get right, that dirty. So, um, <laughs> Ryan, 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 what did I come into? I'm surprised he's thinking he's like still here right now. <laughs> I was thinking it's Ryan's like, well, guys, um, I'm out of here. But hey, yeah, oh, I got to get, get the regular bus. Sorry, AJ, you're weird. Got to go. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ryan, let, let's get back to baseball talk, man. I've been on, listen, I've been on some teams where they go in spurts. They got some really good winning sides, like a 15 and 2 or 15 and 5. And then you got some really downsides, like a two and ten. And how's the how's the clubhouse doing right now? I always we just brought it up. We talk about early. There's no such thing as early to me. You know, when there's struggles going on, there's problems. Is the clubhouse vibe still clicking? What's going on in the clubhouse there in St. Louis? Yeah, it feels good. You know, I think everybody's got the right mindset. You know, I mean, you like you said, it's you know when you go through a slump, it never feels good, no matter what time it is in the season. You know, you show up every day to win. You're not up there to lose. You know, you're away from family and. You're out there grinding every day, so you're not trying to waste your time by no means. So you're out there trying to win every day. But I mean, guys got got good vibes right now. You know, we're, we're feeling good. You know, everybody's in a good good mindset. You know, and just trying to take it one day at a time and hopefully take it in the other other direction. What what changed? Was it getting on the road? Because a lot of times you get on the road, and I know St. Louis is a great fan base. They they cheer everything, but they there were some boos there in St. Louis, which I've never seen before. Sometimes as a team, you got to get on the road and say, okay, we're we're now we're tighter because everyone is against us. So to getting into Chicago, going in there into Wrigley where they obviously don't like the Cardinals very much. Does that help? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, like you said, you're on the road and you're around your boys more and, um, you know, you can go out there and compete. And obviously we needed some wins pretty badly for how we started. And I think Wilson coming back too kind of got the boys fired up. Cause obviously he wants to win and, you know, wants to go out there and, um, you know, play well for us and, you know, put on a show for the Wrigley fans. So, I mean, um, it's been an exciting first two series. You know, we got a good matchup tonight too, and um, you know, excited to see how, how long we can go. Now, how much? Oh, go ahead, Scott. I was just gonna say, how much did Wilson enjoy doing that in front of the Cubs faithful? Like he, he, I'm big on the villain role. So 
Like, I love how Nando embraces the crowd on the road now. Tatis Jr., like, he knows he's going to get the booze. Contreras gets all the love, pregame, first A-B, and then they're like, okay, we don't like you anymore because you're a Cardinal. And he's like, let's freaking go. Yeah, he's a fiery dude anyway. He's got a lot of energy. He's really passionate, you know, wants to win. And, you know, he's always ready to go. You know, he's when he came in there, you know, you could tell there was something different about him. He really wanted to win and put on a good show. And he talked to him after the game. He was like, dude, just kind of happy. You know, he was so fired up in the moment. It was fun to watch him have a good game out there. So how do you how do you sit there and, you know, you watch that and then you feel like maybe, you know, some people in the organization are throwing him under the bus. Like, how, how do you guys handle that? Especially, you're a closer. You're a leader on this team that guys are looking to, just like he is. Yeah, it's tough, you know. I mean, with him, you know, being a guy for us in spring, and, you know, he didn't go to the WBC to, you know, stay with us and learn his teammates, which is huge for us, you know, because he very easily could have went and spent his time elsewhere. Um, but, you know, I'm glad to have him. You know, I think whatever the – Differences have been so far, you know, we can definitely handle those and, you know, get on the right page. And I think he's going to be a great catcher for us, obviously, for, for the next, you know, five years that we have him. And, um, you know, I think just with him getting back there more and, you know, guys feeling like they're on the same page with him and getting more comfortable with each other, I think, is uh, what's going to need to happen for that to kind of turn. Do you feel like some of it has to be on you as a pitcher? Some of it has to be on the, the staff you know, connecting because Yachty was so much, we talked about it on this show and I think you even kind of mentioned it earlier, how Yachty was like, he was, I mean, he was a fixture. You could sometimes roll up and I told a story about a pitcher one time who they called a curveball, and he's like, I don't even have a curveball. <laughs> like if, if Wilson does that and Yachty does that, you might be like, all right, well, I used to throw a curveball back in high school. I might turn it. How do you guys pick that up and take some of that ownership as pitchers and as coaching staff. Because to me, I think Yachty took some of that stuff away from coaching staff or, you know, maybe scouts. And so what are things that you can do to pick that up? Yeah, for sure. You know, you got to take ownership, you know, the ball's in your hand and you can throw whatever pitch you want. It's not on the catcher. You know, those are just merely suggestions, even though now at the pitch clock, it's a lot harder to kind of get to the pitch you want sometimes. But, you know, if, even if you throw a guy the same pitch three or four times in a row, most of the time, if you can execute it, you're probably still going to get an out, you know, and um, I think too much of the blame probably goes on the catcher. You know, I think that, you know, for me, especially I had a game in San Fran, I walked off through on Homer and was soft the whole at bat, you know, and um, left a, the best one he's seen right down the middle of the plate. And obviously at this level, guys aren't going to miss too much. So that's definitely on me, you know, or I think is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, why didn't he call a fastball there, you know, um, but, you know, tomato, tomato, you could take it both ways. And, you know, Yachty was different. You know, he, he definitely spoiled us, you know, coming up, made it easier on me, you know, not having to really think a whole lot out there. And he's just different, you know. It's the only way to explain it. And he was he was so good at catching, you know. I mean, I throw upper 90s, 100 most of the time. And in 21, I was messing with the two seam a little bit. And I'd ask him, like, hey, you want you want to call, like, a sinker or four seam, you know, to separate it because, you know, they got different action. And he's like, no, nah, just throw it. I'll catch it, you know. So, I mean, <laughs> you got 100 going up. 20 inches versus, you know, a two seam at 98, you know, going 20 inches the other way. And he was like, I'll catch it. That's just how good he was. And, you know, just he was a freak. He was different. And, you know, we're definitely spoiled by him. But, you know, I think Wilson cares and wants to be the best he can be for us and, you know, wants to win for the St. Louis Cardinals and win for his teammates. So I think he's going to be good for us down the stretch. Do you use Pitchcom 
Have you experimented yeah. with Pitchcom? Is it on your glove or your belt, and you can call your own pitches? No, I don't have it out there. Um, I just have the thing in my hat up in the seal there. Have you um, thought? Have you yeah. thought about it though? Because you mentioned the clock, so you you can just go do 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 do, and and then Kinzer or, or Contreras or whoever's catching can hear you, and that way you don't have to worry about shaking. Yeah, I've definitely thought about it. Um, I've never played with it, so I definitely have to you know practice with it and mess with it a little bit. Um, could be a possibility, something I'll have to look into. Um, but I, I mean, I like our catches, I like their game plan. You know, we have meetings just about every day. You know, we have good game plans, and you know, I like to follow them. And you know, if, obviously, if I don't like what they call, then I'll shake. And if I got to shake more than once now, I'll try to try to get the sign a little earlier so I can get the pitch off. You afraid? You afraid using that pitch com where it's in your hat that? You're going to go into a stadium. This is my theory that some stadium is going to figure out how to just get the crowd absolutely ruckus, and now you can't hear it. Are you afraid you're going to get a pitch violation or, or a timer violation later in the game? And if so, what, how are you going to combat that? If you start going into a place that has, like, figured it out as fans, like, oh, he can't hear anything. Ah. Yeah, I mean – Maybe have a sign with the catcher, I guess, to just start putting down some fingers. I guess is the only way to fix it in the moment, especially if the place is that loud. Um, those pitch comms get really loud, though. So fortunately, so far, I haven't had any trouble with it. You know, I usually keep it actually on the lower side because it gets so loud. I feel like sometimes that thing spouts it out so loud the hitters can almost hear it. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? That's what I, that was always my wonder about the pitch com is. Is it ever – say you're in Oakland and there's 2,500 people and you're pitching in the ninth inning and all of a sudden the catcher put types it in and it goes fastball away and the hitter – I always thought that there might be an opportunity in a stadium where it's quiet. Maybe the hitter can hear. That's what he's saying. hear? Yeah. Yeah. Or a first base coach or, I don't know, a base runner or something. To, I don't know. That's the pretty pitch loud. To me is, have you had to have a have – have, have you had the timeout yet? Where you're, the pitch clock's getting down, you, you, you're set, and you're like, step off. And you're like, oh, you give it the old fake, like, oh, I, I can't hear the, <laughs> I can't hear the thing, the pitch, uh, the pitch timer. No, I haven't used that one yet. Um, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm too, I'm too caught up in the moment. Usually in the ninth inning, really think about, you know, trying to finagle the pitch clock like that. Too worried about getting these the pitch are, off. Hey, the these time. are things you got to worry about now. You got to think yeah, about I how know. to trick it all the time. These catchers, like, he's just. Grip it and let's fucking go. Yeah, but you know, they're, <laughs> no. you're said and you're like, oh, I can't hear. I don't know. That sounds like a you thing. Things, you things people I, think no, there are some pitchers, I think, have that done have done it, it, it this year. because they're, And there also are problems with the pitch comm, especially early in games that will happen. So it's a free timeout. Use it. It's a tech timeout. I have a question for you, Ryan. So teams won three in a row. Um, On Sunday – you pitch because I know you didn't pitch last night. Gallegos closed it out because I think you did back to back, right? Mm-hmm. So Sunday you come in, it's twelve six, and I didn't get to watch that whole game. I mean, I'm bouncing around. So was it one of those? Hey, we gotta stop this shit right now. This is like a save. Did it feel that way, even though it was a six run game? Because sometimes some closers can't get amped for that six run lead, the non save shit. But that felt like a save, didn't it? Yeah, I mean. It hit late, <clears throat> two on homer to put us up by six. And I kind of, there for a second, thought that I might not go in, but I was like, we don't want a game, and I don't even know how long. So I was like, I'm definitely going in this game still. Um, but, I, I mean, I just try to treat every outing the same. You know, whether I come in the seventh or eighth or even the ninth, I just 
whether it's a safe situation or not, you know, so those moments don't get too big and I can try to be the same guy, you know, majority of the time when I'm out there. Ryan, who's closing? Who, who, what determines, like, I've seen Gallegos come in and try to close. You've had <clears> saves. <throat> you've closed games. What I thought, honestly, I thought you were the closer, right? But, yeah, but Gallegos has come in. But and he was doing back-to-back. No, right? I know, but I'm saying, but there's other times where he hasn't come in and it's been Gallegos. There was a one he blew, I don't know, against who it was, but he blew one the other day. And it wasn't Ryan, it was Gallegos. Yes. So I'm wondering, you're the closer, correct, of the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so, yeah. Um, but sometimes okay, – I mean, I would you know, hope – I would think so, too. <laughs> if, uh, if there's guys on base, you know, they'll talk to me pregame or even during the game, you know, like, hey, if two runners get on the seventh or eighth even or, you know, this part of the lineup comes up in the seventh or eighth with guys on, then, you know, you're probably going to have them to try to shut it down and then we might extend you into the eighth or whatever. So it's kind of like an ongoing conversation of how, you know, they want, want to use me for that day. So you move around. You don't always – you're not the traditional, let's say, Trevor Hoffman because of Hell's Bells that we talked about. Right. You're not the traditional, I'm only getting three outs in the ninth, or Josh Hader now is kind of the guy. So they'll pitch you. They'll come to you before the game. Because this is always interesting to me because of the analytics stuff. People say, oh, well, you use your closer in the seventh inning to get the three outs, and then you figure out the eighth and the ninth, or you pitch them in the eighth. Right? So that's how they've kind of come to you and said, hey, we're going to use you when we can best deploy you, not necessarily get the three outs in the ninth. Yeah, um, definitely do that a lot. You know, it's not an everyday thing, but they definitely do that a lot. Um, you know, like usually like two, three, four guys, you know, if they come up in the eighth, they're like, well, hey, we want you to go in the eighth instead of the ninth. Instead of facing the bottom third, we want you to face the heart of the order and, you know, get those outs for us. Um, did that a lot last year and kind of continued to do that on this year, you know, and um, kind of hurts the save opportunities. But, you know, I mean, still, still big moments nonetheless. Also, I will just say the analytics stuff. No, you're just looking at the lineup card going, okay, three, four, five is up. It's the eighth inning. We're up a run. Yeah, but forever, but forever it didn't matter. You had your seventh inning guy, your eighth inning guy, your ninth mm-hmm. inning guy. I don't think that is – but is that an analytics thing? Like where you're just it. looking at the lineup sometimes and saying, okay, three, four, five is a top-heavy team. Like we just covered the Mets. Like they, they've got a few guys that you really want to target, and then there's some easier outs – Lower in the no, order. But for, yeah, but for how many years, and, and Kratz and Todd and even Ryan could tell you this, like, your closer was your ninth-inning guy. That no, I understand it. that. And you had an eighth-inning guy, and you had a seventh-inning guy, and you had some situational guys that would mix in. But it didn't matter where you were in the lineup. Your closer wasn't coming in in the eighth inning. He was coming in in the ninth. Right. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, Josh Hader a couple years ago kind of was doing what I was doing, and then, you know, the Brewers didn't really want to pay him or didn't give him any credit for it during his art case or whatever. So then he told him, you know, I'm not – Throwing any other inning but the ninth inning and left the safe situation, you know, he kind of set the tone for that. And if they didn't want to kind of respect him for his efforts, you know, and he kind of stood up for himself and, you know, wanted to stick to that traditional closer role. Yeah, to me, that's more of an ARB thing where it's like they got to reevaluate. ARB is they, they use the most archaic stats. It's guys that the, the guys who make the decisions haven't watched baseball. <laughs> I know that. No, no, I, no. I've done plenty no, no. of homework on it. That's a separate no. case. Hey, Ryan, off the field question for you. So, like, you're on the road right now? Yeah, we're in right? Chicago, yeah. So, so what's what's the game plan before and after games? Like, are you a get up in the morning and hit the town and go to breakfast and find a spot post-game? Are you chilling playing Fortnite against random <laughs> players across the league? Like, what what's the uh, off-season routine or the off-the-field routine for you right now? So, yeah, I usually get up and go 
get coffee from somewhere close to the hotel, Starbucks or whatever, and then somebody texts me or I text someone, you know, hey, let's go try to breakfast spot. I usually do that too. Um, especially since having a kid now, man, I wake up so much more early. My body's just like on go now. I wake up a lot earlier than I did before I had a kid. Used to, I'd sleep all morning and then just grab coffee, then get on the bus and go. And post game was the same way. Before I had a kid, I'd play video games, you know, with whoever wanted to. And then now it's just kind of like, if we're home, see the kid, but then on the road, just kind of relax and decompress a little bit, maybe watch some Netflix and just go to sleep. Hey, Ryan, I got, I got a question for you. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Mother's Day coming up here. Um, what impact has your mom, Sherry, had in your baseball career, man? Because I like to bring family, big family guys we know in this show. When, um, whenever you talk about moms, man, it you know, melts your heart a little bit. So what, what is your mom, what's the impact that Sherry had for you? Yeah, my mom's been been huge for me, you know, and not just me, but my brothers and my whole family. She sacrificed a lot for us, you know, and, you know, coming up through the minor leagues when I first got drafted, she, uh, I was in Johnson City, so it's about a 14 or 15 hour drive from home. And she didn't tell me she was coming and we actually got rained out that day. She's like, hey, did you get rained out? And I was like, yeah, I'll put the start that day. She was like, oh, no, we were 30 minutes away. And so she came over, you know, said hello, and then just drove straight back home. So, I mean, just the love that my mom has and a lot of moms out there, you know, it's immeasurable. And she's the best mom and, you know, supports you through thick and thin. And, you know, now she's a grandma to a couple grandkids, and it's 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 fun. She's, she's the best grandma and mom, you know, better than I could ever ask or imagine. Very nice. Would she get, would she get nervous? during your games? Cause I always talk to pitchers, you know, pitchers, moms and, and position player moms are different. So how did she handle it? Yeah. My mom. Yeah. She's a spaz during games. She definitely freaks out. <laughs> she's, uh, she's on edge, you know, can't sit still probably drinking a beer, you know, walking around, definitely not sitting in her seat, you know, just on edge for those 10 or 15 minutes, you know, I'm out there. What kind of, what kind of beer is Sherry, is Sherry drinking? Ooh. It don't matter as long as it's cold when I'm out there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, does it have to be a Budweiser because she's in St. Louis? Or is it like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. If I'm in Wisconsin, I'll drink a Miller Lite. Yeah, I don't think she cares because I, mean, I debuted up there in Milwaukee, and so I'm sure she was crushing Millers when I debuted. <laughs> oh, my God, that's great. Was Johnson City, do they still have the big hill in right field where you started? No, not, not when I was there. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, they just have so a Johnson huge City, wall. Yeah, they used to have a hill in right field. They, and then they had the, foot, the football stadium still behind right field, right? In yeah, Johnson yeah. City, there was a big football. So they had a hill, they had a field, and then there was a hill that went like, and then the wall and then a football stadium. You had to hit it over the hill, over the wall to hit a home run there. It was like, and the outfitters would run back there, like Towles Hill and uh houston and you see guys trip and fall it was awesome towels hill is the dumbest thing i've ever no, seen awesome. in my life no, i lance love Berkman. that i love that lance Ber- fat lance bergman running up the hill catching the ball and then dying on the hill i mean that was pretty awesome Dude, i mean it's funny but it looks like someone played the sims ballpark version and just made a hill to just it, it's like back in like, the day when yankee stadium way back then had the monuments and what left center you had to run through. <laughs> hey. america had flagpole in center field love that it. makes no sense it makes no sense. It's awesome. Do you, do you remember looking at Tiles Hill? Did you ever look at it, you know, when you're watching a game being like, that makes zero sense to me? I'm actually surprised more guys didn't blow out like a knee or an ankle. Oh, we're athletes, Scott. Oh, no. sorry. Right, right. Go, tell Scott. them we're all athletes. Yeah, hey, we're athletes. Ryan, did you play any other sports in high school? Yeah, I played uh, basketball and football. I also ran track a little bit. 
Damn, I went to a really small school, so you kind of had to use all the athletes in all the sports. So, were you QB or were you like you look more to me? You remind me more of like a middle linebacker. So I wasn't quite this big. I was a receiver in safety. I was probably like 195 my senior year. Um, I was a little little quicker back then. I actually wanted to go to school to play football. My twin brother went to play and wanted to go play football, but obviously chose baseball and worked out. And what was your event in track? 200? We, uh, I did the relays, the 4 by one and the 4 by 2 Whew. All right. Kids, kids freaking Jim Thorpe. You run, man. <laughs> Goddamn Jim yeah. Thorpe. There he is. Are you the best athlete in the bullpen? <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry. Are you the best athlete in that bullpen? Yeah, I'd like to say so. I mean, Jordan Hicks might tell you he is, but we go back and forth on that just about every day. <laughs> Love Last that. one for me. Don't you have another dude, and I'm going to mispronounce the name, so I'll make you do it, That, that's throwing 100-something 100, 100 in your bullpen now? Or I think he might have just gotten sent back down. Zuninga? Right? There's another dude. How do you say it? Zuninga? Yeah, Zuninga. Yeah. He's, yeah, he he's back down now, but isn't he 102 or something also? Yeah, he pitched the other day against uh, the Angels, and he was like 98 to 100 the whole time, and he, he looked really good. Nice slider. He, he, he's a stud. They got a hundo plus all yeah, over that I know. It's I mean, ridiculous. lefties, righties, hunter, 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 yeah. hunter. It's awesome. Yeah. Good shit. Hey, I Ryan, great catching up with you, man. Keep keep uh, the streak going, dude. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, have a double cheeseburger in that Wrigley Clubhouse. Okay? I miss those. <laughs> for me. I used to eat them all the time. <laughs> Later, guys. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.